0: grace and peace to you and welcome to Radio for Real Life with Sean O'Zaro. He's the senior pastor of River City Community Church right here in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. That's what Jesus promised in John 10.10. And today we continue in this series called The Storyteller. It's the parables of Jesus. Pastor Sean is teaching from Matthew chapter 18 with the parable of the unmerciful servant. It's a message on forgiveness If you're in a place where maybe you can't sleep, maybe you're drowning in bitterness or anger, or find it hard to breathe sometimes, well, it's time to be set free and forgive. Reallife.org has this full message, sermon notes, and series available for free. But if you feel led to bless this listener-supported radio ministry, then please do. There's a place to give at reallife.org. Today's part two of the message called The Heart That Forgives. It's time for Radio for Real Life. Let's look
1: at Colossians 3.13. Bear with each other. Forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. The Lord forgave you. See, a key to forgiveness is stop looking at them and start looking at me and the Lord. Stop looking at them. Start looking at me and the Lord. You and the Lord. Because the minute I do that, the minute I stop looking so much at them and that offense and stop getting mad and going over in my head and just kind of rehearsing and just grinding my teeth, losing sleep, The minute I take my eyes off that and start looking at me, wait a minute, I'm a sinner who, I've sure been forgiven a lot. And look at the Lord. Wow, he gave me a lot of grace. Wow, he's been gracious. You start thinking about the the times when you didn't get what you deserve. The harvest that you haven't reaped, even though you sowed the seeds. The grace that's been extended. The forgiveness that is yours. It changes you. It really does. It immediately becomes harder to hold someone else in judgment. And you begin to yeah, I guess. Because what's funny is you begin to identify with that person who's sinned against you. You begin to identify as I i was the offender, and I was forgiven. And what's really cool is when you begin to identify with the Lord, I guess if he could be gracious to me, I guess I could be gracious to them. See, the secret is to change your focus. Stop focusing so much on them. If you're having a hard time forgiving, you're looking at the wrong person. Start focusing on what what went on in you and what you've been forgiven and the one who has so graciously forgiven you. The heart that can't give forgiveness is a heart that won't receive forgiveness. A second truth, unforgiveness impacts your whole community. And this, I'm glad Jesus included the other servants and how appalled they were and how they were affected by this. Unforgiveness impacts your whole community. It's not just between you and, quote, the unforgiven. You know, he or she of whom we do not speak. You know, you can just call them the unforgiven. It's not just between you and them. Because it really does, it just kind of bleeds out over everyone around you. (coughs) I uh, have a family member who I mean, truly sweet and thoughtful and kind but who has been wounded multiple times. And cannot let those wounds go and as i've watched her throughout the years not just me other family members it's like everybody recognizes watch just her become hard and bitter and it always comes up and it's always there it's right below the surface it's it's one of these things that is just heartbreaking to see and everybody knows it. I mean, it's not, you don't have to say anything about it. It's just like you're around for a little bit, and it's just everywhere. It changes the atmosphere in the room. And it's like, oh, It's not just between you and the unforgiven. Everybody feels it. I had a pastor friend who we were on staff at a church together years ago, and a uh, neat guy, fun guy, kind of carefree um, you know, just, a, just the type of guy who everybody loved because of just he had that carefree kind of spirit with people. And uh, the church we were at, he got wounded by the senior leader. And pretty bad. He, you know, it was legit. I mean, it, it was hurt. And so he was there for a little while longer, and then he left. But he ended up going back to his home state and ended up becoming pastor of a really cool church. It was really a neat kind of situation for him. And, of course, we were friends. And several times throughout the years after that, I would visit him. I'd be there, and we'd swing by, and we'd hang out with him a little bit. And we'd have a great time until that thing came up somehow. And you tried to stay away from it. Because when it did, this guy, and I'm telling you, it didn't just ruin the next hour or the lunch or even the afternoon. It would ruin the entire visit. Because he would go to this dark place, and it would just get Uncomfortable, and this anger would come up, and it would just be there. And this normally gregarious, fun, easygoing guy would just become sullen and angry. And it was just like, okay, bye. You try to turn it. You try to turn it away. You know how you try to t- kind of turn something away and kind of change the subject and get, go go to another place. And just for a little while it works, and then he's, then we're back. Oh god, okay, here we are. Okay, we're back. It was horrible, and. and Went next time, great for a little while, and then the thing somehow. And it always somehow got there. Because it didn't take much. And then a few years later I heard he left his ministry, left his wife, family and they had great family. Great family. Family blew up. And it was just like man, you could see it coming. He had a great thing going, but those wounds and that hurt and that unforgiveness just, he couldn't get past it. And sometimes, I got to tell you, sometimes it's the most caring and sensitive, kind of kind people who are most wounded. Because they're deep feelers anyway, and so when their feelings are deeply hurt, they don't just go, oh, well, and walk past it. There has to be a process of healing. And it was just sad to watch this brother who I, man, thought so much of, to watch him spiral down and lose so much. All because of unforgiveness and anger. See, something happens, you become graceless. And everybody around you knows it. Because it's not just towards the person who you can't forgive. No, it actually ends up flowing out because that anger comes out in other ways with other people. And so you become a graceless person. You don't give grace. You become defined by anger. And any little thing can trigger it. And it's like, when you start recognizing, hey, I'm angry and it has nothing to do with this situation I'm in right here or these people I'm with, that's a sign. What are you angry about? Who are you holding a debt against? Who do you have unforgiveness towards? You become bitter. And that's when you just have that edge about you. You look at everything through kind of a dark lens. And you become judgmental. You start finding fault in everyone, and everything. See, this whole passage we just read, the whole story is all part of a bigger passage talking about the church, kind of how we deal in Relationships. And what Jesus is saying is forgiveness builds community. It brings life to a community, builds healthy community. Unforgiveness tears community down. And what Jesus is saying is the church needs to be a model of forgiveness and healthy relationships. We do. We need to be a model of forgiveness and healthy relationships. See, we should be a community of forgiveness because we of all people know we are a community of the forgiven. Every time we look at the cross, we should go, wow, yeah, I had a debt I could not pay. And it was real. I mean, my sin's real. You know, I was selfish. I was all about me. I was not interested in God's leadership or God's law. I was thumbing my nose at the creator. That's what was in my heart. I had pride. I had arrogance. I wanted more, 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 all for me, me, me. That's who I was at my core. But Jesus loved me, and he forgave me, and he filled me with his spirit. And he began to transform me into his image. He began to bring healing. See, We, of all people, should know. We should be a community of forgiveness because we are the community of the forgiven. It's part of our DNA. It's part of our culture. And i got to tell you, that's one of those things, the section of Scripture that this kind of comes after is that passage in Matthew 18 that tells us how to deal with kind of hardship. Look what Jesus says. This is Matthew 18, beginning verse 15. He says, if your brother sins against you, now wait a minute, before we even go on, Jesus is being kind here, if your brother sins against you. Come on, Lord, really? He could have easily said, when your brother sins against you. Any of you ever been in a community where nobody ever offended or did anything wrong or sinful to anybody? You ever been in a community like that? I tell at the membership class, I always tell the members, the new members this, because some of those folks, and they've only been here three weeks or a month, do you know for three weeks or a month, we are the best church in the world? We really are. We're the perfect church. And, and here's, here's the thing. For like three weeks, maybe a month, I'm the perfect pastor. Don't ruin it for me. Don't. Okay, it's all I've got. I've got this few first few weeks. Don't take that from me. But then, and I just warned the people in the membership class. I said, look, if I could, it might probably be best if I could just offend you here today or offend you in your first week or so here. Just get it out of the way. Because it's going to happen, whether it's me, whether it's a Bible study teacher who says something you don't like, and then you go and talk to him about it, and he doesn't respond the way you think he should. Or maybe it's a children's ministry person who doesn't do something right with your little darling, or your community group leader, or whomever. Somebody's going to say something stupid, do something that offends you. And it's, it's just a part of community life, because here's the deal. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Okay? So you take a whole bunch of sinners and put them in a community together, Okay, you're going to get offended. Something's going to happen. Take the rose-colored glasses off and put them down slowly. Don't hurt yourself. Seriously, but I came to the church because I thought everyone would be perfect. Wow. Sorry. Not going to happen. I've seen people who they get mad at one church, they go to another, and they get mad at church, go to another, get mad. I I just tell them, you know, if you ever find the perfect church, please don't stay there because you will screw it up because you are not perfect. And that's the whole point of this thing. Jesus says, if your brother sins, he could have very well said, when your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Look at that. That's interesting. Not, not in the foyer. Not having a conversation with every other person, you know, phone call. Well, did you hear? Or did you know? I don't think they, wow, I... No, he says, you go to them and tell him his fault between you and him alone. That's why gossip is such a church killer, an organization killer, a family killer, whatever. Gossip's a killer. And that's why we would love to kind of work really hard to be a no-gossip zone. And a way to have that happen, by the way, is if someone comes to you to talk bad about someone else, you kind of stop and go, wow, that sounds really serious. Do do you want to go talk with them alone, or do you want me to go with you? Would now be good? Or do you want to set an appointment, say tomorrow? Worst case scenario, you will will be off of their gossip list. They won't bother you with gossip anymore. If you be that person who says, I'm going to advocate for what Jesus says that will build healthy relationships, we're not going to talk about each other. We're going to go to one another and talk about what it is that's there. And he gives provision. He says, brother sins against you, go tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you've gained your brother. In other words, you've restored the relationship. You got your brother back. And that's the goal. That's what we want. We want healthy community between brothers and sisters. That's how it works. Now he says, but if he does not listen, because most of the time when you go to someone like that and talk to them, it really is very effective. And they go, wow, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean for it to be like that. Or, oh, yeah, you know, I think, I think you're right, but here's why I said that. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. And, and it works. It's great. It's powerful. I dare say 80 90% of problems would just, if that first step happened, would just... taken care of in a healthy way but sometimes they don't sometimes it's like no i don't think that's wrong who are you to tell me get out of here if he does not listen now take one or two others along with you in other words take community seriously don't just write them off take it seriously take one or two others along that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses so in other words you know say okay I spoke now. Maybe if it's in our community group, I get my group leader and someone else. We go, hey, I want to talk about this because this shouldn't go on. This isn't right. We have to deal with this. This doesn't honor God. And so you do that. And the implication here is the same. If he listens, you've won your brother. But Jesus kind of assumes that and goes on and says, if he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. Now, I think in, in our smaller church, we kind of, growing up, we, we thought that meant like everybody's sin, you had to come and drag it before the whole church. And it was like, oh God, if we really did that, thankfully we only chose certain key sins that we thought were worthy of the t- church's atten- t- attention. You know, the, the good juicy ones, the others we kind of. Uh... Self-righteousness never made that list, okay? But you tell it to the church, I, I believe he's talking about leadership. I believe he's talking about, okay, you've, you've dealt with it with a couple people, community group leader, now now we're going to go up a level. Because again, there's a community. He's saying you, you're, you're one another, you're a community together. If you refuse to listen to even the church, let, it be, let him be to you as a Gentile or a tax collector. In other words, if he listens to the church, you won your brother. But if he refuses even that, let him be like an unbeliever to you. In other words, what that means is this is a person who is saying, I am in sin, it has been affirmed by, by the church, I, and I'm saying I'm not going to do a thing about it, I don't care. And he says, that person is like an unbeliever to you. That doesn't mean they can't be around you. No. How do we treat unbelievers? We reach out to unbelievers. We try to bless them. We want to share the love of Jesus with them. But he says, what you know then is this is not a person that you can kind of treat as a brother. This is a person you treat as someone you want to reach. Very different. This is the process of church discipline so that we understand the authority of Christian community. See, what he's saying is open, honest communication. Don't let offenses build up. Be accountable to healthy community. This is a beautiful gift. The church can be a model of something if we will walk in what Jesus said. Don't try to kind of be so sophisticated that we try to outsmart Jesus. That's a bad idea.
0: We want to take a quick minute to remind you you're listening to Radio for Real Life with Senior Pastor Sean Azaro, a listener-supported ministry of River City Community Church, in this message called The Heart That Forgives. In the series, The Storyteller, which is available right now on the sermon page at reallife.org. And there, if you're able to bless back, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Again, find that Give tab at reallife.org. And if you're looking for a new church home, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean.
1: Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came to give you abundant life, real life. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community
0: Church. And now the conclusion to the message, The Heart That Forgives. This is Radio for Real Life. Here's Pastor Sean
1: heart that can't forgive give forgiveness is a heart that won't receive forgiveness last thing choosing forgiveness is choosing freedom and and this whole story is all about unforgiveness leads to bondage literally illustrated by prison forgiveness leads to freedom and and i want to say before you can worry about setting someone else free you got to be free yourself you have to. the, the whole point of this thing The whole point of this connection that Jesus is making between us forgiving others and God forgiving us is that before I can really even begin to forgive others, I have to understand and focus on how free I am in Christ. And I have to be set free. So the question is, are you receiving God's forgiveness or are you living in a perpetual state of guilt and condemnation? Chances are, if you are living in a lot of unforgiveness towards someone else, you probably are dealing with a lot of guilt and condemnation of your own. My challenge is be set free in Jesus. Romans 8, 1. It says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you're living under a lot of condemnation, that is not God's design for you. He wants to set you free. Why? Because through Christ Jesus' the law, the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Be set free, and then you can set others free. See, forgiveness is not saying, well, they're not worth it, forget them. Okay? That's not. That's burying it. That's putting it off. That's avoidance. No, forgiveness is saying, Jesus set me free. I'm setting them free. And, and he, I want you to hear this. Listen, I'm setting them free from the debt they owe me because that's fundamentally what unforgiveness is. Unforgiveness says they hurt me and they shouldn't. They treated me badly and they should have treated me this way instead. In other words, they owe me. Unforgiveness is I'm holding that debt. Forgiveness is saying, I am releasing them of that debt the way Jesus released me from my debt. And I want to suggest to you, this is impossible without faith. Because it is by faith that you know how free you are and how forgiven you are. Okay? It's by faith that you know whatever I've lost, God will restore. And and, and some of you need to listen now real carefully. Listen. Because some of you are sitting here going, I'm 50 years old. I've lost too much because of what they did to me. I can't go get that back. I want to challenge you. I want to say that is faulty thinking. Because in the scripture, in Joel, God prophesied to his people. And he says, I want to restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten. Wait a minute, how, how can he do that? How can God restore what the years have lost? And I'll just say to you, I don't know. But he's God, and I'm not. And all I can tell you is in my life, I've watched him do it. I've watched him do it. I don't care if you're 50 years old. I don't care if you're 60 years old. He can make the next 20 years the most fruitful, amazing, and blessed. He can make it to where you begin to weep tears of gratitude and joy every time you stop and think about how God has restored things to you that you thought were forever lost. See, that's the problem. We look at that, we think, but they took that from me, and no one can ever get it back. That's a lack of faith. I want to say to you, God says, I will restore. And you need to receive that. That's true. And some of us are just justice people. I have to tell you, before I was going to go into ministry, one of the things I was really considering, I was even applied and going to be going to DePaul University before we moved down here. And uh, I was going to be a lawyer because I love justice. I grew up in a Sicilian family. We all, we really love justice. Revenge, justice, tomato, tomato. uh, It's all fuzzy. But it's true, it's true. You know, justice. And some of us get this thing, yeah, but it's not just. It's somebody needs to pay. Somebody needs to pay. They need to pay. I just want to say to you that, that is a, a pathway to pain and brokenness. In, in Romans chapter 12, verse 19, remember what the scripture says Vengeance is mine, says the Lord, I will repay. And, and what it says before that is, is leave room for God to work. Here's the, here's the deal put them in God's hands. Put them in God's hands. He's the only one who can judge anyway. He will bring justice. He will. I mean, honestly, if they don't repent, they will suffer the ultimate justice. But if they do repent, justice will be served in them having a changed heart, and in Jesus Christ paying the penalty for their sins, just like he paid the penalty for yours and mine. He will bring them to justice. He will handle the vengeance. Leave it to him. You be free. A couple of habits of forgiveness I want to challenge you with. I, I really just leave you with this. Develop these habits of forgiveness and you, I think you'll find you can become a more forgiving person. Number one, take regular times of repentance. You need to have regular times of repentance. Says so you pray, Lord, forgive me yesterday I spoke to my wife in a way I shouldn't have spoken to her. Or I, I was really prideful in that encounter at work. Or Lord, I looked at that thing I shouldn't have looked at. Or I took that thing I shouldn't have taken. Whatever it is, Lord, please forgive me. I repent and turn from it. Practice repentance. In other words, between you and God, keep short accounts. Keep a clean heart. Right away. That puts you in a different place. While you're doing that, then reflect on God's grace to you. Let's let this be a regular habit. We had this whole song that we sang growing up in church. You know, as I think back, it was a terrible song as far as music, as a musician, but God, great, great message, and it was count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your blessings. See what God has done. That's just good advice. That is just wise counsel. And I want to encourage encourage you. Reflect on God's grace to you. Stop and think about the things he's forgiven you. Stop and about the the graces he's given you. Stop and think about the, the fruit maybe that you should have borne because you sowed some pretty bad seeds that you didn't, and that God has brought good things. You will immediately be a more gracious person when you realize how much grace has been extended to you. A third habit of forgiveness is go to those who maybe you've hurt or who have hurt you and deal with it just like Jesus said in Matthew 18. Don't let offenses build up. Short accounts. And you're like, well, but I have. I've gone to this person and they don't respond. You're not responsible for their response. You're responsible for your obedience. Okay? It would be great if every time one of these encounters happened, two people walked away free. But sometimes that can't happen. Okay, Make sure that at least one walks away free, and it's you. Because you've said, I've released them into the Lord's care. And that's really it. Entrust them into God's care. Entrust them to the Lord. Pray for them. You know, when you can pray for them without getting mad and being mad that you're praying for them, i thinking, Pastor Sean, they probably pray for them. Oh, yeah, pray for them. oh. Yeah. When you can get past that kind of prayer, okay, and you can start praying kind of honestly, Lord, I I really want to see good things for them. I really want to see your grace in their life. I really want to see them begin to experience the good fruit that you have. Now you know you're free. You're free. That's the goal. When you can pray for them and really want good things to happen, you're free. And that's God's desire. A heart that can't give forgiveness is a heart that won't receive forgiveness.
0: That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Radio for Real Life. And if you'd like to hear this full message in the series, The Storyteller, it's available right now on demand at reallife.org. And there, if you're able to bless back, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Again, look for the Give tab at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park, with service times on Saturday nights at 5 and Sunday mornings at 9.30 and 11.15. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210 490 5262. As Radio for Real Life is a service of River City Community Church, we hope you join us again next time for more real life.